friends, it's me, Katie Ann, and your host to the Full Confidence Head podcast, where we go on a journey together tackling the fears of life from family relationships to finance, from careers to community. And I'm so excited. Today, we have an incredible businessman on the podcast, Jeff Young. Jeff, do you want to just say hi really quick? Howdy. Thanks for inviting me. This is really fun. We are so excited that he's taking time out of his crazy schedule. And I just want to introduce Jeff Young a little bit to our podcast listeners. So if you've ever driven on the freeway in Utah, you know Jeff Young, but you probably don't know that you know him. There are signs and billboards named Yesco, which I learned just a little bit ago this year that Yesco actually stands for Young Electric Sign Company. I thought it was always just Yesco, the name. But there you go. So I just learned that. But um, Jeff is the executive vice president, chief marketing office, uh, marketing and chief sales officer. So basically, that means his schedule is booked all the time. So we are so lucky to have him today. And so the company Yesco was founded by his grandfather. And Jeff, you're celebrating just over 100 years. You hit 100 years in 2020, right? It was a great, I mean, it was a COVID year, but we were able right. to get a party together February, you know, COVID hit in March, yeah. right? Right. And the great thing was my father, which we were all wondering if, if he and my mother would make it to that moment of time. Yeah. And it was an absolutely magical moment. We had a big band <sighs> playing. We had a great dinner. We had over 700 people there with, within our region, uh, you know, a subset of our total, total employee number, but it, the whole night was just unbelievable. Uh, and to celebrate my father's career, which has now mm -hmm. spanned 80 years with the business. Oh my goodness. It culminating Whoa. in a hundred years. I mean, his career is longer than my grandfather lived. My grandfather lived to be 76. And my dad's been working <laughs> since, you know, since he was in his teens, he's 94. Yeah. So the hundred year mark was a great, uh, great thing for us. We're ecstatic that we are standing on our feet and we're able to celebrate amongst right. our group and celebrate the great relationships we have with our customers. It's just incredible. I'm sure that was both this joyful and probably emotional in some ways of like, wow, like you start a business and sometimes you, you have a vision, but you're envisioning now you have over 1,700 employees. Like that's huge. You're open for over a hundred years. These are things that are just astronomical and incredible. A little bit more in your background for our listeners. So you got your bachelor's in business management and a minor in Japanese, correct? Correct. So fun. And then you went on to do your master's in business administration with an international certificate at University of Utah. That's right. It was, those were great so days. Fun. So fun. So you truly, not only have you had this work experience, but you have this education experience. And to our listeners, you guys, I'm so excited to have him just give his insights today. But also, he was on one of my favorite TV shows, Undercover Boss. So we're going to hear a little bit about that. And he doesn't look like he does in his headshot now. He had like was it pink or purple hair you had on the it show? It was rather purple. Yeah, they really, <laughs> they really made me up. Oh my goodness. Well, we are so excited to have you just here. So I just want to start with your journey into the professional world. How did you work up through in your company to these leadership positions? Yes, that's a great question. I was driving with my father in the car and I was just almost 16 and he mm -hmm. said to me, 
you know what? Your mom and I aren't going to buy your clothes anymore. Hmm. And I said, oh, how am I going to impress all the ladies? <laughs> and I, how am I going to ski? You know, how am I going to pay for skiing? Right. And so I thought, well, I need a job. You know, it was immediately. He didn't say you need uh -huh. to go to work. He said, we're not going to buy your clothes anymore. And I said, well, is there any work down at the office? And he said, well, you can go talk to so-and-so if you want to. It's up to you. Mm -hmm. And that was it. So I jumped in. My sister was going on a study abroad and, and creating a vacancy. And there was a part-time job there. So I jumped in. And I functionally never left. And so wow. I'm, a, I'm a big advocate for, I mean, I know there's a big focus on school and there's, this is a good debate, but I'm big on school's really important. I can't emphasize that enough, mm -hmm. but not working your early years is, is my mind's problematic. I, for me and my career path, being able to work while going to school was a, a, a significant part of where I am today. Mm -hmm. When it, when it came to the point where the big promotion came, and it was later in my years, I would have been in my late 20s, so I'd finished my master's program, when the attention finally turned to me as to whether or not I could take on the big assignment, which in the day was 280 employees and you know 14 million in revenue and 140,000 wow. square feet of manufacturing, you know, when they said, well, who could do this? My brother asked one of my coworkers, she'd actually been my boss before, and she said, do you think mm -hmm. Jeff could do this? And I had worked for her and we knew each other all those years since I was a teenager. And she said, you bet. I know him. He's consistent. Wow. He's smart. He can get this done. I think he could do it. And it really was her recommendation to my oldest brother that mm -hmm. got me my my big breakthrough, my, my, my big job, if you will. So I, mm -hmm. um, you know... It, for me, it was doing the best I could at what I was given to put my best thoughts in place, to, the new great ideas. I mean, in the day, spreadsheets had just come out. And so and most of the people in the office were just doing 10 key and, and, uh, and handwritten long form. That's how old I am. And when I brought spreadsheets into the office, people are like, well, what's, that's an interesting technology. What will it do? So I was able to take what I was learning in school and bring it to the office and make a fairly dramatic difference in my area of responsibility. And I, in putting my effort and soul into it really made the difference, I think. I have so many questions off of what you just said. That's so fascinating to me. So the family business was really your choice to get into. Like it wasn't necessarily even encouraged you it was just it was your own option and you chose definitely yeah my my friends were bagging groceries at, uh -huh. in the day they were all getting grocery jobs at 285 an hour i they hired me in at four which i couldn't believe mm -hmm. it i was just like four dollars an hour and uh i didn't <laughs> that, know now you think of nowadays you're like oh my gosh no. that's crazy but in the day and i i didn't know you <laughs> could ask for a raise i went uh -huh. from 15 to 19 i I never got a raise. So I, you know, I made, mm -hmm. I just, I was so happy to be able to work yeah. and make money. I just, it didn't even occur to me that I could make more money than I was making, except putting in more <laughs> hours. To me, it was like, oh, you want to work more. You want to put in more yeah. hours. You want to find a Saturday or during summer to put more hours in. You can definitely make more money that way. And having the focus on that part of it, I think was, was refining for me. And just in terms, just in terms of, of where it came from, there's no, it didn't seem like it was just given to me. I had to work for it, you know, and that's interesting. That's a, an interesting nuance. Yeah. 
Right. So now I, I just have to ask, would you go back or what advice would you with your younger self with getting a raise and working more? Do you have advice for that younger generation of working up through through job promotions? Yeah, that I've always felt like uh, in terms of my relationship with who, quote unquote, who I'm working for, it's primarily been my mm-hmm. brother, my oldest brother and my father to some extent. I've never really pushed the, the pay compensation thing very hard. And mm-hmm. frankly, the people that work for me, they push it hard and much harder than mm-hmm. I. They're saying things to me that I would have never said just in terms of courtesy. And so I've always felt right. like if I lead out on my work and my effort and it's manifest that the dollars will follow. And I have mm-hmm. kind of adopted that uh, thought and theory. And that really kind of started at my, you know, my my hourly time card job back in high school. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's an interesting philosophy because it's so different nowadays. And uh, having that quality, so you're kind of saying this quality behind your work. And with that quality, that promotion will happen, right? Exactly. I We've always felt, my father's always said that n- none of us in the family mm-hmm. are more important individually as the company is because there's mm-hmm. all of these constituents. You have, for every one of our employees, there's usually a significant other. There's a spouse mm-hmm. commonly and there's kids and there's dependents. And so we have, you know, of the 1,700 people, some odd, we've got a constituency that's much, much bigger than that. And so our duty and responsibility to the to the organization is to them, to our customers and to our employees who give their life and soul to, to the effort. So that it's um, it's not about us. It's it's mm-hmm. about it's and we, we use this word stewardship. We can talk more about how we've organized the control of the company, but it's 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 really about. Well, I think it was stated. I remember a quote: "If you're simply in it for power and money, mm-hmm. you'll fail." Mm-hmm. Family businesses that endure are not focused on the accumulation of power or the accumulation of wealth. Now, nothing against all the people who are listening who are filthy rich, who've had three, four companies that have sold it, sold them, and and they just cashed in. That's that. That's the American way. But our, our perspective on this is we have a company to take care of and care for. Mm-hmm. And rather than cash it in, we are going to turn it over to the next generations. And it's a different feel than what you get in a lot of other circles. You know, that is a really different feel. And I want to go into this stewardship that's prompted so many thoughts for me because I do feel like the, the popular trend of this world is grow, buy, sell, it's that money accumulation and it's so refreshing and I think so needed. It's a different feel. I know when I've been in a company where I don't feel like another piece of their their gross income, you know, but I was a piece of their their value system and that was different. So I wanted you to talk a little bit about that, that stewardship. But also I have a question before you get into that. How do you manage the pressure of having to control that stewardship because you just said you have over 1,700 employees and then you also have their spouses that you're, you're taking care of and their their family members. That's consistency consistently in a lot of pressure, especially during decision-making. How do you manage that that pressure? Uh, well, the way we do it is we, we cultivate good leadership amongst a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the mm-hmm. day-to-day and the um, we, we put uh, we put massive trust in people who are carrying the torch in every capacity. I mean, that goes down mm-hmm. to even 
the the uh, the accounts payable clerk who's doing an entry right now to pay a bill, or or someone who's setting up an invoice. And heaven knows we don't we're not perfect in every every single transaction we do. But the people that are doing their jobs are doing their jobs in a really an amazing way. And that happens. Be- mm-hmm. We hope that happens because they feel connected with the organization. They feel connected with our goals. They feel connected with our bigger purpose. I mean, we play a role. We're a sign company. So, and we do a lot of manufacturing. We do have the billboard business, which is, you know, 10, 11, 12% of our revenue, but we do a lot of manufacturing and our customers won't survive if they don't have a decent sign. And we know mm-hmm. because when the wind takes a face out or if it doesn't light up at night, their business drops off precipitously and they're calling us on the phone saying, I'm going out of business tomorrow if you don't come fix this sign now. So we understand that branding and identification and visibility is huge uh, in their, in their whole big advertising marketing campaign. So we play a vital role in making that happen. And we hope that our employees understand that it isn't just about creating a piece of paper with a number on it for an invoice. You know, we're, we are, my, my father would say we're one of the cornerstones that advertising is one of the cornerstones of the free market. And so, and mm-hmm. we, you know, we'd put signs, and we'd, we'd expand the bubble of signs pretty big in the advertising uh, world just because it's where we are and how we feel and how we think. But So interesting. We're going to take a little moment for our sponsors and then we're going to come back with this idea of stewardship. And also we want to get into this idea of like how effective is billboards? Like you said, you just said, if a billboard doesn't line up, then you're getting calls that a, a business is going going to go out of business. That that's fascinating to me, and I don't think we understand that that power of advertising. So once we get back from the break, we'll we'll jump right back into it. I think a lot of times the feeling of fear comes from a lack of control in our lives. And our sponsor, PowerPay, is offering a money master course that's normally $40 for free to all Full Confidence Ahead podcast listeners so you can take control of your finances this year. The course is video-based and gives you real-life money smarts. So to claim your course, go to extensioncourses.usu.edu slash Pal, which is K-A-T-I-E-A-N-N-P-O-W-E-L-L, and it'll automatically add the money master course to your cart and you just click checkout and you'll get it for free. You can also access your course by going to extensioncourses.usu.edu and finding the Money Master course under the finance category, then using the code KATIEANN, K-A-T-I-E-A-N-N, with no spaces, to claim your $40 discount and free course at checkout. So let's master our money together. Okay, we're back from our break now, and we're so excited. We were just talking about stewardship and leadership and how you truly are trusting so many people throughout your organization and giving them the opportunity to have this leadership. But you mentioned something really interesting that I I am just prompted to ask a question off of, and it was your billboards, that if, if a billboard is down, then suddenly a business that's your client is at risk. So can you tell us a little bit about the effectiveness of billboards and advertising. That's such a new world for me with billboards. Like I don't really know. So teach us a little bit about that. Well, the billboard, the billboard business is, is a fascinating part of mm-hmm. what we do. And um, the digital part of our billboard business has really taken over. Most of the calls I get from the people I know, they don't even ask for a standard, what we would say static 
printed uh-huh. billboard anymore. They all want digital because you can change the content in the morning, uh-huh. midday and night. And so there's huge demand for, for that technology in uh-huh. getting the word out. We are primarily 90% of our business is manufacturing custom signs. And so if you go wow. to a jazz game and you're looking at that 10,000 square feet of screen all in the inside the arena, um, you can imagine how well a game would go if none of that worked. Ooh, yeah, that'd be tough. And same for the Southfield. Uh, we're University of Utah. We did the Southfield uh, replay board. Every pretty much every head turns to see that last play on that screen. And mm-hmm. so the the importance of having the signs operating when it comes to video replay and sports mm-hmm. can't be understated. I mean, if if the sign the signs never completely gone out, there was a little spot on it this last Saturday, but. Um, you know, we cannot have that sign down at all. And similarly, the local McDonald's, uh, if you think about any sign in front of any business, sandwich shop, restaurant, hotel, anything at all, if you don't have visibility on the street to advertise what you're doing there, it things cave in really, really fast. I mean, the, the difference between win and loss in most of these small businesses, they're mostly small businesses, it's just a few percent. And wow. the studies show that a change in a sign and an upgrade in a sign uh, constitute as much as a 15% change in, uh, in business. And so Whoa. a sign change, a, a sign failure, if it's not there or not working correctly, can be, can be catastrophic for a, a business operator. 15% is a lot. Looking at a business, I'm just thinking of a good sign or a bad sign. That That is a lot that simply, y- your company has like 15, basically 15% equity of that, of that company or 15% success rate is on your shoulders. That's so fascinating to me. And- well, for those of you that don't believe it, we have, we subscribe to big data. So we have traffic mm-hmm. count information now that's as good as any Nielsen ratings for TV. We can yeah. tell you demographically who's passing in front of every sign that we have. And so Whoa. what you forget is it's it's hundreds of thousands of cars passing in the most the most traffic part of our city. It's mm-hmm. hun- it's hundreds of thousands of cars every day. And there's at least uh, there's more than one adult in every car. It's like one point three, four adults in every car. And mm-hmm. so the sheer visibility, the cost per thousand can be measured like any other advertising media. And so the value is there and it's uh, visibility is huge. Of course, we're, we got online. We understand all that. But when you're driving down the street and you're looking for something, you want to be able to see it. And it has to be portraying what the business wants, wants to be portrayed. That's so interesting. It's truly a powerful mechanism, especially is it more for immediate business where signs help people who are who are looking in the moment? Or does it also help create that? that psychological in the back kind of building like, oh, that's a company I could come to. Sure. McDonald's, uh, we've had extensive involvement with McDonald's all over the the country. They put a value on a freeway oriented sign at about $60,000 of monthly advertising a a month. Meaning if they didn't have the freeway sign, they would have to spend $60,000 in other media to get people to show up. They call Whoa. that an impulse purchase. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's the Golden Arches. It's the Burger Kings and, uh, mm-hmm. and everything else you can think of. People are driving. They're hungry. They see a sign. They go, oh, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. Golden Arches, I'm there. Uh, and one of the most recognized logos in, in the world. And, you know, we play a vital part in bringing that, to, you know, to the, 
to to the world, so to speak. I mean, they they designed it, but we build it, we put it up, and we maintain it. So we've done a lot of McDonald's wow. work over the years, along with you know, well, we stopped counting signs a long, long time ago. <laughs> Wait, will you tell me that number in revenue again, or or that number in ad that they would have to spend if it wasn't for the signs? Sixty thousand dollars. And I'm sure that number's gone up because that came from Northern California office of, uh, of McDonald's a long time. So what they would do, they, Whoa. when they were developing McDonald's stores, if a city wouldn't let them have a freeway sign, which some cities don't like signs much, mm-hmm. they'd say, well, I'm just going down the street to the next city. Cause you know, they, yeah. they need to have that sign up in order to, oh. to, to have enough customers to come through, to pay for everything. You know, it's, right. it's just a, it's just, a, it's just smart business. Wow. I did not realize the power that that's just fascinating to me. The power of a sign. Um, I, I want to transition it back kind of into your stewardship too, but my mind is blown. I'm kind of just like sitting in shock here. Um, so I, I'm transitioning back into your stewardship because now I, now the numbers are kind of adding up for me of how much you're really dealing with every day. Like a sign 60,000, for example, is something that you're dealing with every day. That's so much to be in leadership. And I think part of your leadership journey happened on the show Undercover Boss, right? <laughs> That was a, that was an, uh, we're still scratching our heads how and why that all happened. (laughs) It's yeah, it was, it was one of those things that, you know, most, most people don't get a chance to do. And most organizations don't have a chance to experience. It was, uh, it was something else. Yeah. There's a lot to that. (laughs) Yeah. We can spend an hour on that. Right. I want to touch a little bit on it. So I know they like dyed your hair purple. They dressed you all up. So you're undercover and you're going throughout your company, interacting with people. Tell me a little bit of how that experience was and some of the takeaways. I'm just totally fascinated to hear about this experience. Like I watched the show, you know, but the behind the scenes is so different. Sure, well, the basic the basic facts are they, they approached us. They had seen mm-hmm. us probably either on the Today Show, which is a separate network, or they saw us mm-hmm. on PBS, BBC. We had just in the couple of years prior uh, we had done a couple of spots and a couple of episodes, some things about our company and our history. And so New York called me. I, I got it, picked up the call and they what? said, hey, can you hold the show? Whoa. I said, yes. They said, okay, you want to talk to us? I said, yes. I signed a non-disclosure because it's all hush-hush. Mm-hmm. And then what became a really long extended, more than a year worth of functionally, uh, you know, we had to basically, you know, audition for the the episode. And that Whoa. was very involved. We had to, they brought a camera crew out. They did a bunch of filming under the umbrella of something completely different, not to, you know, tune yeah. anybody in. And then uh, they did a demo reel, which included me and our operations. And there was a lot of back and forth, months and months and a lot of information, photos and videos and discussion yeah. and phone calls and conference calls. And they just said, look, the, the producers may hate you, so don't get your hopes up. And they called back and they said, we're on, we're filming in two weeks. And I oh said, my gosh. Ah. so <laughs> I, you know, I looked at the viewership, you know, it was hovering anywhere between five and 8 million. And I, uh, I've never had, a, I've had never had an audience that large. Uh-huh. Most of us won't have an audience that large at one point. And right. so the pressure really mounted up. My two brothers, um, we talked as a family and they just didn't want to do it because uh-huh. uh, either of them could have done, my older brothers could have done this because we, you know, we're the yeah. third generation here. And so they said, Jeff, we're going to do it. Yeah. We really think you ought to do it. And so the pressure was immense. I mean, the producer said to me, if you don't want it on, if you don't want it on TV, don't say it. 
well, Whoa. <laughs> that, that's all fine, but we, we, we right. thought our employees would be pretty happy with us, not knowing, but we, we had no control over what they had to say. And so, right. and I, after all, uh, cause it's been a few years back since it aired and since uh-huh. it was, uh, you know, came, went on TV, I, I thought a few people in my world would say, Hey, I think I saw you on, t-. I thought maybe five or six or seven people would have said something about it, mm-hmm. but with reruns, it's shocked me usually every week or every other week, somebody mentions, not, they don't recognize me in mall. Don't, don't get right. me wrong. But people right. I know say, Hey, <laughs> Hey, you know, undercover. Hey, are you undercover? Hey, <laughs> you know, they bring yeah. it up. And after the years have gone by, I just, it's been shocking to me that there's been that much attention to it. I honestly thought wow. it would be like the evening weather. You know, we heard yeah. the weather report yesterday and we don't care about it anymore. So yeah. it's, you know, we were talking about it today, which is really funny. <laughs> it was quite an experience. They, they spent, CBS spent three or $400,000 developing the ep- one episode, which is 42 oh minutes gosh. long with commercials. So not quite an hour. It was our gift to the employees. So we had to come up with roughly 350,000, which was a lot of money, oh. but those were our gifts. And they said, Hey, if you're in, you gotta, you gotta pony up. You gotta bring your checkbook mm-hmm. and, and try to rectify some of these issues and try to make the world a better place, you know, by helping these employees out. And it was, oh, I was stressed out. And my wife, particularly, she was stressed out all the way until airing. Cause we had no, we had no, we didn't see the, we didn't see the right. episode until we saw the episode. The first time I saw the episode, it was being broadcast. That's in fact, I started getting, part. I started getting texts from my friends in the East coast yeah. who saw it two hours before I did. Oh man. I hadn't even seen it yet. So. Yeah. That's always scary is when someone else is kind of putting together your, your story, you're like, Oh, I hope that's good. <laughs> you know, but it really, in my perspective, it was fabulous. And I just want to know too, what, what are some takeaways that you had being amongst your employees, hearing their thoughts? What were your takeaways? Yes. So what happened, as you know, in the, in mm-hmm. undercover and most of your audience has probably heard of or seen an episode or just aware mm-hmm. of it. The untold stories of the people around us are so impactful mm-hmm. and it, it's almost an embarrassment that I didn't know what was going on and what had happened in the lives of these people. Now, mind you, they had supervisors and coworkers who did, but both had faced significant trials. One of, one of whom had been homeless. He had put his, uh, his wife and, and kids in a homeless shelter and he lived in a van. The van got towed. He was living on the street and he had $1 a day for a year, roughly, uh, he had a McDonald's sandwich, $1 a day, and he lost 70 pounds in that time. So here's a man who functionally starved himself, having left Michigan, lost his job, came out West, got a job working for us and just said, if it weren't for this, I, you know, would, I wouldn't even be here. I wouldn't have a life for my family yet. He was living in a one bedroom apartment, no car. His son was sleeping on the floor in the kitchen. And so he, you know, he needed a big pick me up. And so his name is Michael Gallette. And so, you know, to hear his story and his commitment to his children is something you just can't, I had no idea he'd gone through this. And the other coworker had lost a son in an ATV accident. His other mm-hmm. son was with him when his son was killed. And he went through five, six, seven years of just absolute despair and wanted to just give up. But he got his stuff together. Part of it was his interplay with the company, received a leadership position and, and, and really has put his, his, 
his his program together and he's commemorated and honored his son through through the lives of his other children and mm -hmm. so one thing we committed to do is put his son up on our digital billboard network every year on his birthday which is uh, a nice um it he when i told him i would do this he just fell apart so he was Aww. you know to honor his son who died you know some number of years ago and for us to commemorate his his life in a positive way uh, it was extremely meaningful to his name's Eric Byington. And so it, it really bonded us, you know, now we're best friends, uh, mm. given what we've gone through. Cause he did not, he didn't know who I was. He did not. And that's shame on me, but he did not recognize me at all. And when I told him what was happening, he's like, oh my gosh, I'm so stupid. <laughs> Cause they, the producers do a job of throwing everybody off. You would never know right. walking on set that you're filming undercover boss. You would wow. never know. 30 people saying they're doing something else. But in the meantime, they're getting these segments that they need to for their oh show. So it was, it was, it was something else. That's absolutely crazy. How did it change your leadership style after the show? We, I felt embarrassed that I was disconnected from the people. Mm -hmm. So it put a real press on me to go out and meet and connect with people more deeply. And mm -hmm. the, and one thing that helped me is that all the employees watched it pretty much mm -hmm. because they were interested in watching it. And then they all felt like that was their best friend. And so when I would show up in, in one of our offices, you know, which are spread out all over, they immediately, Hey, Jeff, Hey, by the way, my wife's knitting a sweater, you know, my dog. Oh, had a yeah. so there was this, this bond that I, we couldn't as a company, we couldn't have created that bond that way that well so fast so firmly because it is just you, companies don't have an opportunity to to go through a, you know a four hundred thousand dollar production about you know all that and so it, it you know you talk about you know people's experience and and their their employee their experience as, as an employee and their experience at work and to have something tangible that's so emotional and so it, it, it was really a great connect and remains to be a great connecting mechanism for us. And so I, you know, almost immediately I had, you know, hundreds and hundreds of friends that I didn't really know who feel like they immediately know me. And so it's made that part a little easier, but it's a big pull to be present everywhere. Right. I, so when I, when I head down, I commonly schedule an extra day or two because I can just walk through our offices and I can spend untold hours, just person to person, desk to desk. And that's a big task when you think of how many people we have. That's a huge task. And I, I just, I, I hope to be like that, you know, as, as I've been smaller companies right now, you're like, okay, I can walk around the three desks. We're good. But, but, you know, I hope to take your example as I grow throughout my career and, and where I am. I hope everyone does. You're actually like one of my favorite heroes and it's a Shakespeare hero, but it's Henry V. And, and your show reminded me of this when your episode aired. So Henry V gives the Battle of the Breach speech and it's right before they have this battle outnumbered three to one with French and and his, his English army is so just totally destroyed. They don't think they can make it. He goes undercover. He disguises himself. He walks amongst his people. He talks to them. And the next day he gives the most incredible speech because he heard their concerns and truly addresses them. And then in Shakespeare's version, they, um, they conquer the French outnumbered. Um, so even though they were terribly small in numbers, they were strong because they had a leader who understood them and walked among them. And that's what I gained truly from your episode. And then from 
from now what you call your stewardship is that's what it's developed into, which is so cool. So I'm like, my my hero's living right here. Right? You're the Shakespeare hero. And we're so grateful that you've taken some time to share your insights and company philosophies and the power of science. I had no idea that this is just mind blowing to me. And we always wrap up with this one question. I'm just curious what you'll have to say, but what is one piece of advice you'd give your younger self to boost your confidence? Okay. Uh, that's, that's a great one. I tend to be overly anxious and I think Mm -hmm. anxiety is a big problem today. And I would say if you focus on the task at hand, bring your best to it, you don't have to worry about the long, long, long term. Things will take care of themselves if you simply work hard and stick to your principles. And I think, I think that would be the best advice I could give myself. You know, that is a fabulous piece of advice that I I think applies in the business world, in the school world, in relationships, in family. And I'm just seeing you said something so impactful. Now I'm like, there's so many applications. And I'm so grateful that our listeners got to hear from you today. This is just a treat for us. So truly Thank you for being on. We are just honored with your presence here. We have a famous TV show person and an incredible leader. So really, thank you for being on the show with us today. My favorite thing each week is just to listen to the stories of these incredible people on the podcast. They give me confidence in all areas of my life. The Full Confidence Ahead sponsor, Utah Money Moms, has boosted my financial confidence. I remember the first time I heard about them on YouTube, I just found this video about tracking your expenses they had done, and it was so simple and confidence building that I went to their website and started downloading as much material as I could. Make sure you head over to utahmoneymoms.com after this episode to sign up for their free webinars on all financial topics from the basics of budgeting to estate planning. Thanks for listening in on the Full Confidence Ahead podcast. Weekly on Tuesdays, we'll continue our journey of confidence together through new interviews and insights. Make sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on the latest conversations and confidence boosts. And by the way, you got this because you deserve to live life full confidence ahead. See you next week.